we are. I wish I had pancakes every morning for I breakfast. I do too, dude. Man. You're living yeah. my dream right now. <laughs> I know. Sorry. <laughs> Did you say it was your wife's idea or the kid's idea? The kid's idea oh. usually starts at the bottom and comes up. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> works its way up the <laughs> chain up of the command. Chain of command. Yeah. <laughs> Management didn't oppose that idea, though. No. <laughs> but That's good. Hash browns are a regular appearance in our house. Scrambled eggs. I do omelets sometimes for the kids. I'm a big breakfast food person. I love breakfast. It's my favorite genre of food. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. No, you can cut. It's very versatile. You can kind of go sweet. You can go savory. Probably because also you can have it with coffee. Mm-hmm. Just there's a lot of freedom in breakfast. Night night breakfast is one of my favorite things on this earth. What's night breakfast? Is that like, is that after dinner? Like having breakfast foods for dinner. Okay. Mm, like yes. you yeah. make pancakes and make the whole breakfast smorgasbord for dinner as as dinner yeah 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 we do a quiche for i guess it's technically not a quiche because it's a crust crustless quiche mm-hmm. so be a set of frittata yeah yep technically it's a frittata but we call it a quiche whatever <laughs> whatever um but we'll do that for dinner every now and then and the kids love it yeah what a disgrace on the art form <laughs> To, to call it a key. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Get it right? I'm calling Gordon Ramsay. Someone's got to yell about that. Oh, no. I Man. made it once, and they... Normally, my wife makes it, and I made it, and I'm like, I'm throwing cream cheese in here. I'm just, like, doing all sorts of stuff. And it got in front of the kids. I have uh, two girls, seven and six, um, and... Yes, they're kind of close in age, but uh, anyways, I threw <laughs> I threw cream cheese in there, and it was not okay. <laughs> everything was the same, like everything else. I promise, it was like the eggs, milk, cheese, yeah. like everything was the same. And then I added cream cheese, and it was a no go. Mm, That's funny. <laughs> now Adam doesn't cook anymore. <laughs> That's why his wife makes the pancakes. <laughs> I'm the guy that changes things and it doesn't work. Dad, that's not how we wanted it. I want to try this. No, it's not broken. Don't fix it. My dad is was always that way. He always finds some some classic dish and just totally change it and make it not what it was supposed to be. Like I think that's what dads are supposed yeah, to do. Right, right. Like pizza getty. That was one of his favorite. He would just put like cheese and pepperoni on spaghetti. <laughs> And like and like uh, spaghetti sauce, so it was kind of like a mix, like between like a baked spaghetti or something. Baked spaghetti pizza. I don't know. That's so funny. Pizza getty, and then he has to come up with a name for it, like pizza getty. <laughs> so of course, my mom growing up did put pepperoni in the spaghetti sauce, mm. and I. Now that you mention it, I kind of miss it. It it was good. I might I mean, have to do it, but it's not going to go over well. <laughs> it's going to be like the cream it's cheese all over again. Well. <laughs> That's funny. That's okay. Well, welcome to the podcast. Um, for yeah. those of you who are listening, um, we switched it up a little. We were at the table for the first three episodes, and mm-hmm. in the name of consistency, we're not at the table <laughs> because we're professional. So, um, no, it was just we felt that being over here, this is where we recorded audio um, before we did film, and we felt being over here was a little bit more relaxed and natural for having a guest on. So, um, welcome to the podcast. Uh, the premise of the show is we drink coffee 
we haven't poured it yet, but we we drink coffee and then um, basically end the podcast when the coffee's gone. And I want it. Yeah, until it's gone. So, uh, yep. Why don't you pour, Cole? feels like a ritual it is a little sacrilegious or something i don't know there's a candle there's a candle burning heresy going on (laughs) hopefully not but (laughs) give me a mug (laughs) oh joel's gotta come get some coffee too so oh sweet um who made this coffee i made it i brewed it However, Quickwater roasted this coffee and imported the raw coffee. Imported the beans. Correct. And I've had Quickwater once. Well. And it was really good. Now it's going to be twice. It's very good. It's very good. We'll leave a little. And they are a sponsor. Hey, y'all. <laughs> hey. So, uh, I we, heard something about that. We so don't, I figured I'd say it. We don't have to say, we don't have to say not a sponsor. <laughs> Finally, we don't have to say I, that. I'm just trying to butter up so that next time I go in there, maybe I'll be recognized. Sure, sure. But I don't think that'll happen. Uh, maybe. I, uh, I was editing the last video, and there's a spot when you're uploading to YouTube that you can check if there's a sponsored segment in the and i check that button so there there's probably going to be like a little oh. tag that pops up it's a for quick water sponsored oh yeah you know, so they just, know that there's so that paid youtube content. knows that there's paid you know some sort sure. of endorsement but i feel special because we get that little you got to do a little i'm all about the tags <laughs> that's why we're shooting in 4k that's so why we're shooting like two cinema cameras master. and a photo like, yeah because <laughs> I'm a nerd. That's so awesome. I mean, if you're going to do it, do it, right? We're going to do it. So we have on Adam Gregory. Um, welcome, Adam. And, Thank you. Uh, Adam is a good friend of ours. Um, met through some mutual friends. You guys met through Berkeley, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, Kirk. Yeah. Adam's in the film industry and is um, co-owner of Noble Story Company. And they're doing a lot of really cool things that we'll definitely jump into. But yeah, we're just super stoked to have you on, man, and thankful that you could make the time. Awesome. Thank you. Mm-hmm. You guys are really cool guys, and I love what you're doing. Thanks, and... dude. We love what you're doing, and you're a cool guy. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's be real. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> How'd I do? How's the coffee? It's really good. Amen. It's legit. That makes Stephen proud. That was Zambia. Zambia. We are done with the Zambia bag. So tune in. So what? Two weeks. This was Zambia. Yes. Yeah. So I got the last of the bag. The bat. That's like the worst part. <laughs> well, so I'm such a nerd that I keep my coffee in airtight oh, containers. Okay. I, so hopefully I was say it's it doesn't still... taste like the end of the bag. Right. Yeah. So I'm. I'm just. Yeah. I need I need to I need to learn a few things. I was kind of watching what you were doing and I'm like, I use a Chemex and I'm not doing half the things. 
I'll this teach you. Really I'll good. teach you my ways. Cole is so. um, considering investing in a Pelican case just for his coffee setup. Just for yeah. all of you wondering, <laughs> I bro, am. bro, yes. <laughs> so my vision is I want I want I might to sponsor that. Yeah. I, please, I'll start a GoFundMe for this. <laughs> I want to be able to just be able to a for the podcast to be able to take it wherever I want, but. I have the fellow stag now, and that's just a nice kettle, but I want to be able to take that and the Chemex to brew for like multiple people and a V60 if it's just me, but being able to take that with me wherever to make cool. coffee. Cole wants three brewing methods at all time. <laughs> and then I'm going to buy like the arm like espresso machine and then have, yeah. What's that? So the, it's called the flare. I'm envisioning Popeye or something. You're just like no, constantly pulling this it's down. It's cooler than Popeye. <laughs> You're like one arm is huge. It's it's called the flare Neo, and it's uh, like pressure espresso. So okay. it's not like a machine that has like a boiler or anything. You have to do all of that, but it makes great espresso. I wasn't actually considering getting it. I want an actual like countertop nice espresso. That's that's the top of the mountain. That's what we're on our way to it's pretty expensive for what it is isn't it the flare the flare is actually cheap because oh, it's so just mechanical. mechanical yeah versus like if you're gonna it's, get like a Lamarzoco like at home machine you're paying like 13 grand or it, something stupid. it looks like a um like a water well pump. yeah like you're pumping water yeah, yeah. okay and well, you just so press it through I'll come back on if you buy that. Okay. All right. <laughs> Deal. Deal. But we have to do it on camera. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. That sounds great. Oh, man. Well, yeah. So um, we just really want to hear your story and kind of, you know, who you are. Uh, we love to have guests on to just talk about what's on your heart, what's on your mind. Um, you know, we obviously look up to you in a lot of ways and think that people could benefit from just hearing your journey. Um, as a person, um, as a professional, honestly, however you want to frame it. Um, yeah. So I don't know if there's any questions, I guess, like, uh, who, yeah. Who are you? And like, how would you pitch yourself? Oh, <laughs> and you're so used to pitching noble, but who are you and, and yeah, where I guess, are you from? I guess since, uh, I can do a kind of the abbreviated long version ish. Um, so, uh, born and raised in Michigan. So I'm a native uh, to where we are right now, I guess. <laughs> and uh, but I grew up on a, a asparagus farm. People kind of like hearing about that. Um, I didn't like asparagus most of my childhood, and then I finally realized that it was actually good. Uh, I think I was and good for you. That's convenient and for too. you. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so that's the thing. Um, I grew up. Yeah, you know, my brothers were in a band. They very musical household. I kind of picked up, you know, I was never like a master of anything, but I was like, Oh, I played drums. I played guitar. I played, uh, you know, sort of piano. I took some piano lessons. That wasn't the best experience in my life, but I, I'm, it's funny. We have a piano now and I'm actually kind of enjoying it. So that's, nice. that's cool. It's a really cool instrument. Yeah. It's, it's, I don't know. I, I, I love music. And I think I kind of, at one point, I wanted to go into music because I was seeing what my brothers were doing. They were in a band and they were, they had a couple albums and were, were touring around. They were actually getting paid to do it. Not great. You know, in my opinion, mm. it sounded amazing, you know, in your little yeah. kid mind, you're like, wow, they're like crushing it, but it's yeah. like super unsustainable. <laughs> um, and, but that, that kind of fell apart on them when they went to college and different things. And 
I had also, you know, I, I grew up a Christian, became a Christian at a young age and was in a sweet youth group. Um, and we did crazy trips. Like we would go to Canada and canoe for like a, a week in the wilderness and portage all your stuff, like carry everything in. Man. Uh, hiking in Wyoming for a week. Uh, caving, canoeing down the Muskegon River. I've done that twice from Big Rapids all the way to the lake. And wow. Just some like some wild stuff. Um, and my parents were really involved in that, which is super cool. Um, just looking back, just really blessed that I had parents that were super involved in, in, in that space. Um, and I kind of had this heart for missions and overseas missions. And, but I kept liking film and music. And I think I kind of like I had like a video one and video two, I guess kind of leading into like the professional side, if you will, a little bit. Um, I took video one. I I knew more than the teacher. I guarantee it's like at least the same, you know. <laughs> I mean, they were like obviously way more mature than I was, but as far as like from the gear side, like I was just figuring it out, you know. Um, loved those classes. I think I literally ran to them in high school, even though you're not supposed to run in the halls. Uh, you rebel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> crazy stuff man. man running in the halls wild um did you run with scissors no <laughs> no definitely not there were safety scissors there they were the, yeah, were yeah. the scissors yeah. in in premiere yeah well, what was premiere we had like pinnacle peak pit studios or uh, something you know? <laughs> it was like awful. the first iteration of iMovie <laughs> yeah it was like windows movie maker i think was the best thing we had back then mm. Um, I guess you know, backing up before high school, it was the Lego studios, like Legos came out with this Lego animation studio oh, movie like maker. Stop motion Lego stuff? Set. Or, yeah. Oh, nice. It had a camera in it and it had software oh, and it had this book that I still have that was like written by Steven Spielberg by Lego. And it was like super inspiring. Like you wow. can make movies too. And, um, it, Holy cow. Yeah, it had like a dinosaur in it and a city that you could like animate and make the city fall over and like all oh. this cool stuff. And I just spent hours, you know, messing Knocking around. over the city. Night. Yeah, <laughs> messing around in my room and dreaming. And the videos were never anything like what they were in the book because they weren't using the same software. Yeah, to yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, 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 I got all markets. Like, you yeah. guys are using a different camera because mine doesn't look this good. <laughs> It's like the GoPro promo videos, you know, that you get a mm -hmm. GoPro and you're like, what? This doesn't look like this. doesn't look at all. Um, you know, and then you watch the promo again and you realize that half the shots actually have the little disclaimer that this is a GoPro and this isn't, you mm -hmm. know? You're like, yeah. oh, okay. Um, that was on a on an arm crane. Yeah, down. that was yeah. like a, yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, so I had kind of that background. I wish... You know, I'm, I I loved Indiana Jones and Star Wars, the originals, um, and always kind of like my mind is always blown, and I love behind the scenes stuff. But I never, I I was in Rodney, Michigan, and I'm, it's almost like I couldn't dream that big. Hmm. It, looking at Hollywood and just at the time, like gear wasn't possible. Like I didn't have a phone that could shoot anything you or know else. there wasn't even a phone it was literally a cord in the end of the wall still yeah. you know yeah. 
my first camera was, I think, was it six megapixels or three? It was, I know it was like at least three, 3.2 or something. So that was like mind blowing, you know, Mm -hmm. um, like, wow, I can do anything, you know, so I'd run around and take photos of that. But I, I kind of suppressed that and suppressed the music stuff. Um, and, uh, you know, wanted to do missions work, I think wanted to, and also felt kind of, uh, guilted or kind of pushed toward that, mm-hmm. not by anyone in particular, just the church in general was kind of like, this is what you do with your life. This is what you do if you want to be, if you really want to, if be you a really want to be that. And I'm, I'm, I have a personality that's very, I want to make people happy. I kind of, I don't want to let people down. Mm-hmm. I have this heavy responsibility part of my personality of I take things very serious like serious but I'm not like a serious person but like take it very like like with a lot of weight like Mm. if I said I was gonna do this or if I'm like into this I better do it and so with that kind of mindset uh I'd see my brother do some some missions trip kind of stuff and he went to Mexico and had a good experience with this organization. I'm like, hey, I'll, why don't I do that? You know, I'll try that for three months. And, um, but my mom before this is like end of high school, end of high school. She's like, you need to like sign up for a degree, you know, something. You need to back up plan. <laughs> you need to, and I'm looking at all. I'm looking at the pamphlet. I'm like, my dad taught manufacturing, manufacturing and engineering at Ferris State. So I'm like, okay, I'll go there. Yeah. Um, I can get you know, some cheaper credits type stuff. And I can, I wasn't like unmotivated. I was very motivated person, but not, uh, I didn't need to go to USC or I didn't need to go to MSU or state or anything. I, I just, I didn't need that to validate myself. So I'm like, I'll go to Ferris. And I kept looking at the video program. It was like the only thing I could stomach. And I didn't like math. I, had to retake algebra two in high school and cause I got like a C I technically didn't have to, but it was like, I obviously didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> so was, I needed to retake it. Just getting by. So it was kind of like, Oh boy, like I'm doing really well on everything, but math is not, hmm. something's not clicking. So, yeah. uh, but video in college only had like one math requirement. Like, yes. It was basically Algebra 2 again. And I'm like, okay, I've done this twice. I can do it again. I can do it a third time and I'll make it. Third time's a charm. I can do this. And, um, and you know, and I, I remember liked, this test. Yeah. And I liked Lego Movie Maker and I liked Video 1, Video 2 in high school. And, uh, you know, our youth group would do movie nights where people would make movies one time a year and then we'd all play them. And I'd like, you know, win first or second place with that. And, mm-hmm. um, so that was kind of like it, it was something I was achieving at. I was winning at, I guess, or getting some response from people watching stuff that I made. And so I signed up for that. But then I, I went to Mexico for three months. And um, when I got down there, I'm like, hey, you know, they're all asking, you know, what are you doing after this? What are you, you know, are you going to college, whatever, you know, for everybody. And I'm, you know, I signed up for video production in college. And so like, oh, that's cool. And they like shoved this. I don't even, it was a terrible camera in my hands. They stick this like really bad camera in my hands. And then, uh, 
you know, I'm off like filming stuff and I got to film at some like Awana program in Mexico that other people weren't invited to. And I got to do put some promos together and we watched them and it, it was pinnacle peak, uh, editing software, pinnacle, pinnacle software. I forget what it, it was. Super. I bad. honestly have no idea. <laughs> it was really bad. Like yeah. the, in windows movie maker in this one, if you wanted to add music and a sound effect, you had to export the whole video and bring it back in. Oh, Cause there was no. only one, one, one sound layer. So, <laughs> so oh for, for everything you would, and if you wanted like a graphic to fade on, cause there was only one graphic layer too, or something. it was ridiculous. Oh, yeah. Um, so you'd have like five <laughs> exports and then you'd be, you'd want to change one thing in the video and you'd have to like go back and export. Oh, it's all burned <laughs> in. It's all that. burned in. <laughs> so bad. Oh man. Um, but I, I, coming out of that, uh, I went, you know, came back home and did, uh, did my four years at Ferris and I just fell in love with it. I just, I loved video production and, but I, I wish I could tell you I was, had like this massive identity crisis between missions and, and video production. I was just torn, you know, a lot of the message from this organization was the same as the church. It was, you know, like nothing else matters basically, Mm. but telling people about Jesus, like you, you know, go into all the world and all, you know, the great command, you know, it's really good stuff and it's true. It's just, pulled out of context sometimes to motivate people to work for them because they need more people or something. Mm. And it's, it feels, Mm. um, or I think the other side of that too, in addition to that is, uh, getting other people, like there's so many people that are so passionate about missions. And when that is like presented in a way that is backed up by biblical truth of like, well, this is what Jesus did. Like, it's really hard to refute that. And I have the same personality too. It's like, I have nothing else to like combat that. So this must be what I have to do with my life, you know? So Mm -hmm. I get that. Absolutely. That's a really good way to put it. And when you're in high school or early college, it's hard to, yeah, you're, you're still you're impressionable. In a very impressionable age. And so I wish more people at that age, and I, I wish I would have articulated what I liked more too. Like I didn't mm. vocalize it very well. Mm. So I didn't have the people that knew me best even speaking into that super well either because they didn't, you know, know that, you know, very For well. Sure. But um, I mean, fortunately, God's patient and it worked out and it is working out. Um, but I, I went through my four years and I had to do a six month internship and that's when I ended up down in Grand Rapids. And I tried, uh, I tried to leave Michigan. Um, I was, I was married at the, you know, married to my wife, Jessica. We've been married a couple of years at this point. And, um, we, we were both kind of ready for an adventure, I think. <laughs> so we we're like, Hey, you know, I had to do this internship and I was like, applying to this place in Dallas and just trying to get out of town and they didn't respond in time. And my professor kept saying, there's this company in Grand Rapids called storytelling pictures. And you know, they're, they kind of do some faith stuff, you know, maybe, you know, I'm at a secular college, but my professor could tell that that's where I was coming, Mm -hmm. you know, wanted. And he could, you know, tell that they were doing stuff. And so he kept saying, you know, you should check out storytelling. You should check out storytelling. And I was like, I want to, and 
you know, I ended up doing an interview down here and um, uh, John Evans, one of the partners there, was just sat down and really kind of, I could, he saw me. Like he, he could tell I was like this young kid that was passionate and um, he really took me under his wing. And so I, I took an internship there and I had to do six months full time and I was getting paid like 500 bucks a month. It was hilarious. And, but that was a blessing. I, most of the students that I was with didn't get anything like, um, I, that was a rare thing. So it sounds like they were being frugal on me. They were actually spending money on me that no one else was, you know, really, I think like out of 13 people, maybe two or three got a paid anything for their internship. And one of them was my friend and he, he got paid nothing during, and he did such good work that they just were like, we have to pay you something. So Mm. I, I, it sounds ridiculous, like, but it was actually like they were doing the, the honorable thing, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Um, and man, I they didn't have a job for me, but they didn't want to let me go, so I stayed another. I think it was like it was like ten months total, and their their bookkeeper accountant was like, "You can't, you have to hire him. <laughs> you can't keep doing this. <laughs> it's like legally, <laughs> you know, we basically yeah, yeah. we we can't just like have him coming into the office every day and not have him be an employee." <laughs> So they ended up hiring me and something really cool happened. It was like, I think it was as I was an intern, it was kind of in that transition period, a company called, a nonprofit called Wycliffe Associates called, and they do Bible translation around the world. And um, next thing I knew, I was filming in Papua New Guinea in the remote Solomon Islands in the middle of nowhere, Bible translation stories. And... I, everyone probably listening to this is probably like, Hey, yeah, God, like answered your, like both things. Like you're a filmmaker. Mm-hmm. Remember Mexico, you had a camera in your hand and like, you know, like God's using that. That's what he wants you doing. He wants you doing film and using that for, for his purposes and, and what he wants. And, um, it started clicking then. I wish it was like this super like, aha, like this is it. Mm-hmm. Like I'm supposed to be here. Um, but it kind of it set in because they were a repeat client every year. There was like one big trip every year. Mm. Went to Thailand, Indonesia, China, Papua New Guinea. That was the first one. Um, it's pretty not you know. Uh, Nepal was a big one. That was pretty wild. Um, all over the place. Yeah, all over the place, and and these crazy, and um. So like, God gave me what I wanted. I guess. And like what I was going after. And he, he also like let me have my child, like not even just like let me have my childhood dream of like film that I was kind of suppressing, but like he gave me that in the first place and he was kind enough to kind of let me figure that out and not, um, like he's letting me do what I love doing, which is, it's like really cool. (laughs) It's Mm -hmm. like, wow. Like this thing I was, so I, if I can like, speak to people that are trying to figure out what they want to do in the world and they're conflicted about, well, but God probably wants me doing this or he might want me miserable doing this because then that means I'm sacrificially serving. It's like, do you like audio? Do you like video? Do you like, do you like numbers a lot? Do you like, you know, cooking, cooking, right? Do you love cooking? Like, Mm -hmm. Do you, are you an entrepreneur? Do you, um, are you super passionate 
are you really good at making money? You just like love putting a deal together. Love business. You love the business side. Of, you love you love um all those things. Artist stuff. I think about Kirk too. Yeah. Art, like, do you love painting? Mm-hmm. Do you love creating? Like, mm-hmm. inventing stuff. Designing. Designing stuff. Do you like all these things? I'd tell you just like you were made that way on purpose. Don't run away from that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like stop yeah. running away from it. Mm-hmm. Just start doing those things. And um maybe it'll be your career, maybe it won't, maybe it'll be part of it. But I'm it wasn't an accident and you don't have to feel guilty about it. You like free you up, you know, and enjoy it, push into it, become the best you can at it. And you know, if you're good at making money, make a ton of money and do really cool things with it and mm-hmm. employ a ton of people and treat them super well and and run your business. You know, uh, I've been leading this group called the Faith Driven Entrepreneur Group and we meet once a month. And it's super cool just seeing like business people rethinking their mind of like, I have this skill and I have this talent and all these people that are working for me. How can I just like change that? A little bit mm-hmm. and do something with it so um anyways i guess to where i am now um uh where did i where did i leave well off? you were you were at storytelling for the so 10 I'm months they hired you yeah so i stayed on there and it was um john mentored me a lot i, le- I learned a lot from the the other business partner Corey, um and uh had some really cool um co-workers um, that I learned a lot from and they've gone on to do some pretty amazing things. Um, but a couple of people left in front of me and then I became their senior editor and main cinematographer for several years and kind of hit the top of what I could do there. And I had this growing dream in me of doing future films and um, actually creating the content, not just um, not just telling other people's stories, but actually crafting that story and making making a story come to life. And um, yeah, I've just I've wanted to make movies for a long time, and all the gear was making it possible. And just seeing a lot of success from the independent side, going, oh, okay, I could actually do that potentially. Uh, that's really cool. And so, uh, and I also wanted to film more and I was doing probably 75% editing versus um, that's just what happens at a corporate production house is you shoot one day and then you edit for five, you know, (laughs) for four, you edit for the rest of the week, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just part of how it works. So um, I was getting tired of that. And um, yeah, so I, I took off and I started my own. Yeah, I'll take a little bit. Yeah, so I, I took off and started my own kind of. It's not. A, it wasn't a production company. I call, started a company called Gregor Visuals, and it was just my cinematography brand. And started shooting, you know, shooting for all the different, you know, not all, but companies in town. Still film for storytelling, but got to branch out and do some cool projects. And um, yeah, did that for almost. 
I honestly, I just closed it down, which is kind of nuts, but uh, that that's been about a six year. So storytelling was like just shy of six. Very visuals was six years. So 12 years um, kind of post college is where I'm at right now with my career and what I'm doing. Um, and this, this film bug, I, when I was about oh, it was a year or so before I left storytelling, I went to this conference called ICVM international visual, no international Christian visual media. Got to get that straight. <laughs> um, I saw a pre-screener of a movie it's cool. Oh, uh, it was one of the Kendrick Brothers movies, War Room or something. I got invited to like a mm. free screener at Celebration and the lady that introduced it, Chris Fear, um I it got done and I'm like and I was like looking at my wife, I'm like, I gotta like talk to her. She's like, Yeah, like and I like jumped over the railing and like ran up to her before other people did and was like how do I get into this? <laughs> like, how do I do, I want to do that. Mm-hmm. And, um, she's like, you need to go to this conference and, um, I'll tell you what, like, here's my email. I had no business cards or anything. Cause I'm like working for another company, but I had this like burning dream. I had no demo reel or anything. She's like, send me what you've done. I'm like, Oh, I got nothing. <laughs> I, got, I was like literally writing it down on a napkin. <laughs> it was not, not good. Um, and she's like, yeah, send, send me your stuff and I'll pass it on to some people I know and, but go to this conference and I get home and I look up the conference. I'm like, this website's terrible. I don't know if I like, it just was not mm-hmm. hooking me, <laughs> but she said, you need to go. I'm like, okay, <laughs> I'm going to spend $1,500. I had since I had flown all over the world, I had a bunch of frequent flyer miles. So I had a free flight down to Florida. Nice. So I was like, okay, I, I can afford the conference fee. I have a free flight. I just need to do this. She said to do it. And she connected me with a couple people. And I went and, you know, I printed off my business cards at this point. And I go and um, she basically... Uh, what am I trying to say? Basically like I get down there and I'm like pounding business cards and it's not like really going anywhere, but I meet this guy, Andrew Taraskis there. And, um, we were in the same boat. Like he was in the corporate space. He's out in Lodi, California and he's, you know, working for his dad's company and doing some really cool stuff, like really kind of pushing the creative boundaries. Um, you know, Building out, building out a small studio and, and just shooting some cool corporate client stuff, but kind of maxing out where he was and wanting to do film. And I was in the same boat, so we, like, hit it off. And one of the days, it was funny, we went to Disney World one day with everybody, and it was, like, this whole big, like, <laughs> I actually had, like, called and tried to get out of it to save $50 because I knew the ticket price. And I'm like, can I sit? Because I'm just like broke going to this yeah, thing. Yeah. And I'm taking vacation days to go, it, you know. <laughs> and and they're like, no, it's a part of the price. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> so Dang. I've gone to Disney World twice against my will, which is kind of funny. <laughs> but, I mean, not like totally, but like kind of like I wouldn't have, ch- I didn't choose it. So yeah, it's just yeah. really funny. And then I meet Andrew and he's like, I love Disney World. 
it's like really funny. There's always got to be one person. Of course. Yeah. Um, but we get there, and he ended up buying my hamburger one day, and they're like $15, $20 hamburgers. Yeah, and that kind of won me over because I'm broke, right? So he's like speaking my language. You do Feeding. anything. I'll do whatever you want. Yeah, I'll yeah. follow you wherever you go. Feeding like, a stray dog. It's, yeah, like, yeah. it's like it's stuck with me. That's awesome. Um, was a burger good? It was it was good, I think. Maybe not. Worth $15. Probably worth, not $15. But... For, yeah. <laughs> it was better because it was free. Yeah. <laughs> There you go. Um, but um, uh, I didn't, you know, nobody like hired me. I came home and I was kind of like, nobody's like hiring me on their next movie. I didn't get the big job. Nothing really changed. But I had this new friend and we call every now and then. And a year goes around and I'm just like, I'll go if you go again. You know, kind of like, mm. it was like this very documental, <laughs> I guess I'll go again. And we went and it really like submitted our friendship. We just like really hung out that next year um did some short films together and then um just realized like wow like we're going in the same direction we need to partner up and we we took a long time before we actually put any kind of page and that's something i'd recommend to anybody is like don't just like rush into partnerships i've seen them crumble and fail i've seen partners not talk to each other anymore for years and after they split and it's not good. And so I didn't want to do that. And so we reached out to a lot of mentor people and asked advice. And some people said, don't do it. Some people said, do do it. You know, so some people just cautioned us. So, um, but we partnered up, we started a company called two A entertainment and, uh, Andrew had a friend that was doing a six part pure flicks, original series out in Lodi, California, where he lived. And, um, it was like a no budget project by no budget. There technically was a budget, but it wasn't minuscule. It, yeah. Like the lowest you think it is like, think go lower. Go lower. Um, but it was an opportunity. We all kind of thought, Hey, it's an opportunity to get some, get a credit and do something. And, um, I had, you know, my red camera. So I just like donated it to the project to get our name in the credits. I was like, Hey, Andrew, like I have this, camera and stuff and they kind of need one what if you're already working on it why don't i come out for a bit and i'll bring my camera and we'll just kind of say hey we want associate producer credit for this because of the donation we're making in your time and everything and the producer went for it so we're like oh sweet now we're uh, you know producing we're producing now. In. Yeah, yeah we're in you know <laughs> and you know kind of that's another lesson to learn just like use what you got like what opportunities you have what gear you have whatever you have like use leverage that and just like stop looking for everybody else's opportunity they have but look Mm. at what you got right in front of you right um like Mm. for you guys we're sitting in a really cool music studio and you're like leveraging that because Mm -hmm. you work you do some work here so that's that kudos Mm -hmm. (laughs) we're We're doing it we're trying Um, look at us go yeah um but I guess all that to say, um, we made it, we finished it, and never showed our wives. I don't think my wife still hasn't seen it. Um, I watched it through once, I think. You know, poor Andrew was—he like was boots on the ground for the whole thing. Mm-hmm. He did a lot of a lot of work on that, and it, we begged, borrowed, and pleaded to get it done, and. Flix released it on their platform, didn't make one public announcement about it, and just disappeared. It's gone. 
it's on there. You could go sign up and watch it, but it's it's just there. And the story's not, you know, worth anything really. If you watch it, it's not going to change your life or make you think about your relationships or do anything. There's not really any, it's not like negative, but it's not really positive Mm. either. Mm. Like it's not really doing anything. Mm. And we're just like, man, like we, we're like losing money making this thing basically. So like why we we could do that again, you know, because PureFlix wanted more stuff. They like offered us. You know, like three pitcher deal or something, you know, and this other guy, they wanted him to make more, but it, you look at the money and it just, it's like, we can make way more money and actually hire people and pay them what they're worth. If we just did corporate stuff instead of basically running over everybody. Yeah. Uh, like what's the point and for content that ultimately gets buried and we don't even want to show our families <laughs> like what? Yeah. That's not worth. There isn't doing. a point. Yeah, it's there's no point. In. Yeah, it's not yeah. worth anything. Like, I might as well just, you know, go home and, you know, do something sim- simpler. That's honestly way less stressful. Right. And so Andrew and I were just like, man, if we want to do this right, we got to change something. Like, um, and the biggest thing we're looking at, we're just, it, you have to have a, like really good stories and really good scripts. And if those aren't good, then like money doesn't follow distribution deals don't follow follow. talent doesn't want to get involved like kind of like everything falls apart from that like if the story isn't good and if the script's not really good then everything kind of dominoes down but it takes money to get a get good ip and get a good script written and option those rights and those things and so we're just like okay what do we do realizing we need to raise some money we need to do this right if we're going to do this let's go all in and and do this right and Andrew had read this like business book, um, like the balanced independent or balanced independent producer or something handbook. And, um, that had a lot of modeling like this, like get a slate of projects, get and get financing behind those, spend money on development and then leverage that against, you know, to get production financing from a bank or gap financing and all these things. So we're like, okay, let's like, Forget everything that happened in the past. Let's like start a new company, you know, basically start a new company that um, we can bring investors in. So that's when Noble Story Co. started. And it's funny because we, we actually, it was going to be, it was originally just going to be 2A Entertainment and we were starting a separate company that was going to house like this like slate of projects that nobody was going to know the name of it. And then Andrew called it Noble Story Co., and we were both like, that's way better name than like our actual company. <laughs> and we realized, you know what? Like, it's okay. Like, 2A Entertainment's our partnership that solidifies us. And we're going to have 2A own some of this. And we're going to bring investors into this thing that's way bigger and better than both of us. That's um, going to allow way, way better stories. And this, this like noble story idea was birthed. And so we got some, we started in March of 2020. So great! Everyone timing. remembers what happened in March of 2020. Oh boy, I don't remember anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was that? What was that? Three yeah. years ago. Thing? Yeah, that thing that stopped everything. I don't know. I just got here this morning. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, I, just, I like, woke up and woke up, <laughs> yeah. made pancakes and <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like, anyways, like, 
we started we we were able to raise enough money to get some projects going and um you know survived the first year if you will and then um yeah just we're still you know pre projects getting launched and greenlit but we're really close now which yeah. is really cool you guys so have been working really hard yeah we've been working super hard these last like two three years now and we have really great scripts now and getting a lot of momentum on projects so it's awesome doing yeah. projects that like in contrast to that one experience you had for pure flicks that actually have a point and that was part of the whole brand of noble Mm-hmm. Right is like even even beyond the fact that they were good business decisions. Like you want to show people these films; they're movies that people will pay to go see because mm-hmm. they are impactful. They mm-hmm. they're not just blah. Yeah, yeah. So it's um you know we kind of there's a couple things we harp on. Um, our lead investors, uh, Dana and Bill Wichterman, um they come out of the political sphere and like Bill spent some time in the white house and Dana's done like some foreign policy stuff. She won't talk about it. I don't know what all they do. Um, secret secrets. I don't, I don't really ask, you know, um, but they're, wonderful. you don't want to know too much. Yeah. Right? You'll be a liability. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they're wonderful people that have gotten behind us and they, uh, Dana's our board uh, chair now and just really, you know, our advisory board and, um, she and her husband co-founded this organization called Wedgwood Circle. Um, not the Wedgwood in Grand Rapids, a yeah, different yeah. Wedgwood. There is a Wedgwood here different, in, yeah. in Michigan. Yep. Completely different. Um, but it's an organization that brings patrons and investors together with creatives. And it's specifically, you know, I, you know, their website doesn't say like Christian creatives, but um, they, they want to celebrate good, true, and beautiful in the world. And that's exactly what Noble is mm-hmm. like doing. Like we want to celebrate the good, true, and the beautiful. And we want to make art that's excellent, that's well-received, that's kind of like Philippians 4.8 stuff. Good, true, lovely, no- think, think noble. About such think things. about yeah. that stuff. Like we should make that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, and I mean, I'd say that can go for anything. If you're designing something or building a business that's, you know, structures and things like you can apply that verse. And so uh, that's been really cool. Like we've had people get behind us from that organization and we've kind of really adopted their mindset because they were, they, they've been around for 15 years and they've been articulating what's been in our head for a while. We're just like, wow, that's yeah. a better language. That's the language. Yeah. Yeah, that's the language. And uh, Bill, Bill likes to say, um, you know, culture is upstream from politics. And if you want to influence culture, you need to, you know, you need to be in the entertainment space and mm-hmm. you need to be influencing culture. And so um, we're not a, a political company, but we're not the biggest fans of where our world's headed. So let's tell more noble stories and mm-hmm. and be a part of that that drive for, for good. And right. I think another, you know, Socrates, I think it was technically another guy that said it, but he gets quoted for it. Um, if you give me the songs of a nation, it matters not who writes his laws. And that's pretty profound. You could say, you know, give me the movies and and those things of the nation. It doesn't Mm -hmm. matter who's writing the laws because it just, that's what drives what's happening. Were they shooting on film back then or? I don't know what they were doing. Socrates. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Slide projectors. Yeah. Flannel graph. Yeah. <laughs> Give me the flannel graphs of a nation. Yeah. yeah. The stone tablets of a nation. <laughs> it makes me think of, of Princess Bride. You know, Socrates. Yeah. Morons. <laughs> but I've been talking for forever. That's that's where we're at. We're on this that's trajectory sweet. to bring, you know, good, true, and noble into the world. You know, good, true, and beautiful. And our, our medium is movies and shows. Yep. Um, that's great. And, you know, it goes beyond that. It's how we treat people. And the filmmaking world is notorious for just, like, trashing people's lives to get the project made. And so I know we're not going to get that all right. Hopefully we can kind of help right some wrongs in that world. You know, you see a lot of union fights going on right now and things like, you know, you wouldn't need all that if everybody Mm, just, like, treated people right. It's a pretty... So depraved industry yeah. as a whole. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that's not like contradicted by anybody. Like everybody knows Hollywood's notorious for yeah. pushing the envelope. And like you were saying, uh, influencing culture, culture mm-hmm. upstream from politics and it trickles down. But yeah. I mean, you look at influencers nowadays and like, look at their lives. Like not everybody, but yeah. you know, uh, the majority, maybe, maybe the ones that you see the most. Yeah, it's like, absolutely. It's no wonder. No wonder. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and um, there's a pretty crazy statistic. I'm sure these numbers are probably already outdated, even just from a half a year ago. But sure. Netflix, it's uh, each day 203 million hours of content is consumed. Unreal. That's, that's so much content. Unreal. And and you know just on Netflix. Yeah, just Netflix. That's not TikTok. That's not YouTube. That's, you know. And Netflix is becoming, like, one of many. They're, like, yeah, like yeah. all these services. Yeah, and it's it's lifetimes and life, you know, hundred, it's insane. so many years of people. <laughs> oh. I just sucked one year of your life away. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. to <laughs> keep quoting that movie, <laughs> it's just so, you know, it's and it's, you know, Bridgerton and The Witcher are running society, basically, you know, and. I'm not saying everything on Netflix is bad. There's no. good stuff on there. I just want more good stuff on there. Yeah, and, right. And I want to reignite the appetite for noble in our world, like right, noble right. stories. Like, can't that be what people desire? It's not just like, like cheap entertainment, really. Yeah, like, can we get back, like craft coffee? Can we like mm-hmm. get people to stop drinking the commodity? Well, mm-hmm. I I also think about like scripture, like protecting your eyes, like protecting what you see, and like mm-hmm. so much of that, like on like Netflix was in hot water for the child. Yeah. stuff and it's like not only that but even like game of thrones like mm-hmm. sorry all you game of thrones fans but like i haven't watched it i've just heard how gnarly it is and like all of that stuff and that's not things that are noble and pure and lovely like we were talking about like yeah and i think it is really cool that you know you're going against culture by wanting to create those things like that is countercultural in and of itself and then if the culture of everyone on film set and everyone from pre through post and delivery, like mm-hmm. is all maybe not all 100% on the same page, but that culture is being set and then influencing each part of the stage. You guys are swimming upstream, you know, mm-hmm. which is the way of Jesus. You know, that's really cool. That's cool. Well, it's like little, you know, uh, 
little by little, but it starts in like a top down trickle thing. Right. And then even like producing a film is ministry to even the people on set. Right. It's like, how are these producers actually valuing us? Like it's pouring into yeah, each stage. Like, cause, um, film is actually a pretty blue collar industry. Like you see all of the it actors really and stuff. It's basically, you know, it's like stage hands. There's a lot of yeah. people that are just, they just show up and they want to work. Mm-hmm. And it's, mm-hmm. it's we very get paid at the end of the day and go home and go to bed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And um, so it's, you know, when you look behind the curtain, you see the blue collar industry, the um, and like a lot of blue collar industries, it's very um, rough. I don't know. Like as it's parts it, and moments. Yeah. Stereotypical blue collar industry. Yeah. Yeah. And so like to be able to influence that and to love on people um, and it's not hard to do it differently than I think the status right. quo yeah we don't yeah. have to overthink this yeah, whole right. thing just yep how do you want to be treated <laughs> I, that's good i love this because it's a much more um active and um i love what you're saying about weight but like you know you have a heart for something it's not only just having a heart for it um but it's taking and going in the opposite direction it's an active step towards what you want to see versus right. complaining about what's out there mm-hmm. it's like it's not like just sitting around well i hate what's out there it's like, why don't I go do something to like to to make something that I would want to show people and I'm proud to show my family that you would be proud to have your daughters watch and know that you made that movie, you know? And, and like, if it's evergreen and it's going to be there for years to come, it's like, I don't want it to be trash and garbage and, mm-hmm. you know, all of that. But that's really good. I, I do want to segue slightly from your story um, and talk about a piece of that that is now... Uh, you're still processing and working through, and I think you know where I'm going, but um, throughout your time being in missions on film and traveling to these different countries, um, you did a lot of flying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and I just want to... What Pelican case would you recommend for his coffee yeah, setup? Yeah, 15, yeah, yeah. 1510 <laughs> Air? Yeah, yeah. There's, you got to get the Air series because it's way lighter. Right, right. Yeah. Well, Sorry. I, I know where you're going with this. This is, this yeah. is good. And um, it's it's as much as you want to talk about, but this is the kind of stuff that we love in addition to like your story. And I just know that for you, this has been such a big thing. And you've recently had some breakthrough with mm-hmm. anxiety specifically around flying and travel and stuff like that. And I just think it would be valuable, valuable yeah. for people listening to kind yeah. of just hear your journey with that no i'd love to share um basically yeah like cole said like i i've been on multiple trips where the the plane didn't come back it went around and came back and um kodiak you know missionary kodiak like the short takeoff planes i've been in multiple of those Mm. i've been in small planes in africa i've been in you know my wife's dad used to you know fly a Cessna and then he had a six seater for a while. Like I've been in planes. I've been in a ton of planes. Mm -hmm. I've been all over the world in planes. And Mm. I was on a corporate gig a little over three years ago. And uh, it was, it was a company here in town and they, you know, father, son, they both have their pilot's license and kind of something cool. They do. It's really sweet. Uh, It's just like a tool and die company. They, they'll like fly parts to people like in regionally you know if there's an emergency because when a plant oh. like if a die goes down on a plant that's super costly right because now and it halts production it halts the whole shop now it's it's like 
how many thousands of dollars an hour or whatever that's not happening for them. So their kind of uh, over-the-top service is, hey, we'll just fly it to you. Mm, that's which wild. is like so super crazy. cool that's it's yeah. like pretty nuts it's that's like what wild. you're just gonna like you could have it here in an hour like i would like Can you airdrop this to me? Uh, yeah it's like this isn't you know dude i just that. made that connection like literally airdropping i'm so airdrop. stupid <laughs> i never think about I've it, said airdrop. it before. airdrop oh but uh so funny. they we we go over to this like small regional airport in town and um they had a six-seater airplane and then we're talking shop or in their like personal little kind of hangar if you will and there's various like small little trick planes in there and the the the, the dad and the son were there and they both fly and they're like well hey like we could take you up in this other one and we could film the other one it'd be like really cool so then we can actually see the plane in the air not just like a shot of it taking off they're like oh sure that sounds awesome so i went in the small like trick plane with the son and then the dad and the other two guys went in the six-seater plane. And, um, you know, we get up in the air, and it was it must have been kind of windy because it was pretty, like, it was bouncing around a bit. But then it's like, radio wouldn't work. He was, like, couldn't find the other plane. And we were, like, both, like, in the air in the small region. Like, oh. Oh, man. <laughs> like, okay, what's going on? He's, you know, keeps flagging. I'm saying, I don't know where they're at. Where are they at? You know, and we're just like, uh-oh. And, um, it finally, like, he finds him and kicks on, like, it, I don't know what happened. It started working Mm. and we're filming him and getting different shots. And to film him, he had to like tip the plane pretty far so I could actually shoot Shoot over. Yeah. Cause it was like this small, like wing, Yeah, you know, like the rear wheel dragger planes. So it was like, he had to like tilt it so I could shoot. Right. And so I'm filming him and then. Um, we level off and then like the engine start like starts sputtering and almost shuts off. And then the guy's like grabbing the controls. He's like, what, what, what's going on? What's going on? And like my heart just like went, you know, like yeah. through, through my head. Yeah. And you know, I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> yeah, know, I'm going to die. And it kind of, it, it finally kind of sputtered back up and it was fine. And I think he figured there must have gotten like air in the tank or something because we were oh, sure. flying this way. But still, it was enough that it like set me off. And um, we turned back around and we started headed back. And and he's like, hey, want to do a barrel roll? And I'm just like, no, oh, I don't know, man. You know, and then he's like, dude, we'll be, it'll be over in like, you know, before you know it. Just, it's just, you know, it's nothing. And then so basically it was like, there's almost no way I could say no to this guy. He was just sure. wanted to do a barrel roll. Yeah. And so then, like, sure. Then we do a barrel barrel roll, which is actually kind of cool. It yeah. was, like, looking back, it was it's wild. It was sick. And, but, like, because I was so lightheaded from, like, the radio thing and then the motor thing, it just, like, wasn't the help, most helpful yeah. thing. And then we're, we're flying back, and we're almost to the... You know, he's like, I'm like, I'm done. We need to go back. You know, he's like, okay. So we're flying back. And he's like, as we're coming into land, he's like, just so you know, um, these planes are kind of hard to land because of the tail, like, drag or wheel. It's just a small, tiny wheel back there. It's a little, just, just rough. letting you know. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, up. okay, thanks. Great. <laughs> so we're coming in and like, and he like scrubs the landing once and then comes back up and then he, he like 
did get it down and landed. It's like, okay. And then, but I was like lightheaded till I went to bed that night. Just like, yeah. I was like Overload. feeling it. Overload. And, you know, it's hot, it's cramped, it's tiny. Like, you know, there's like a little, it's like two seats. So you're like crammed in. They're but pretty I, claustrophobic yeah, cockpits. Too. Just a very small thing. And I got a big camera. So I'm just What were you shooting on? The- a Sony FS7 with like oh, yeah. a, 70 to 200 so okay. i'm like this big lens right and this here. tiny yeah. yeah and like i have clips of it you know i film myself like in the plane like it's good therapy to go watch them again yeah um exposure therapy yeah but i didn't think a whole lot of it other than i told my wife i'm like i feel like i like almost died today or yeah, something yeah, yeah. and she's like oh, kiss, kiss the ground when you yeah she she like loves flying and her dad flew a bunch and her dad's yeah. let her like mess with the controls and stuff. And so like for her, it just, it wasn't a big deal and she didn't think much of it. And I didn't, I kind of like didn't think much of it really. And then I had uh, a job out in California in January. So that was like, I don't know, two, three months before that. Then I had a job out in California and, um, or like couple, like I had a couple flights, and I like would get anxious on the commercial flights, and then I had this, and I, that was weird, and I started noticing it, and then I had a flight out to California, and I got on the flight home. Well, like on that job, it started affecting like my corporate work because on that job it was for the Riverside Riverside Sheriff Department, and there was a bunch of helicopters that we were filming, mm. and I like had to tell the the producer like i don't i can't go up in the helicopter because i'm like starting to deal with this issue like i was realizing i was having problems and he was fine because we sent another guy up for that stuff and i shot from the ground and got cool stuff so he worked with me which was really cool but that's when i started like standing up for myself and realizing something was happening and then um i was on like the flight home and it was raining and choppy and um I mean, looking back, it really wasn't that bad of a flight, but like because of where I was, it, your brain made it bigger. My than brain that. made it way bigger than it was. I mean, like way bigger. Mm. And I, I remember like I got off the plane and I went in the bathroom in the airport and I just like had a full on mental breakdown, just, like mm. crying, lost it, just totally lost my mind. Like I've never had that happen before. It just like totally like panic it was a panic attack yeah. like my heart's beating out of my chest and my hands are purple and I'm just like man hmm. and i remember um like i called my wife and asked her to like pray for me and um she didn't know what to do or say or how to relate to me in that moment and that like crushed me and was hard for me and um yeah, I remember just like sitting on the floor in the corner in the airport, like by the terminal thing where I was going to have to get on one more plane yeah. to get home. Last leg. And I'm just like, I, you know, and my poor wife is at home with two small kids and she's like, you got to get home. Like you've been gone for, it was like an 18 day trip. It was like the longest oh, corporate trip I'd been on in Sheesh. a long time. For like 18, it was a, it was like two weeks almost. Man. It was at least two, it was like two week trip. Um, and so for it, so that was like it, yeah, it triggered a lot of things. I was realizing like I was traveling too much for work. I had, you know, all those overseas trips, like I had like wanted initially, then I should have said no to some of those at the end because 
like my kids were so young and it was so hard to be away. And there were some things I like learned in my life that mm. like are coupled with the flying thing. It was like, I needed to learn a couple lessons. <laughs> um, and, but yeah, that was like, that was really rough. And, um, I remember like I called like my brother-in-law, I called mom, like my wife's like call and talk to some people. Like, like you got to figure out how to like get home, like, go get a beer or something, calm down. Like I need you. And so I remember I was like taking Tylenol and drinking beer. And oh, <laughs> I was man. like trying to like calm, my, <laughs> calm myself down. And I mean, I didn't take like a bunch of bad drugs, but I was prescribing stuff for myself essentially in that moment that I had mm-hmm. like anything to like calm myself down. And I ended up getting on the plane and I made it home and uh, the plane actually ended up being fine once I was like in the air and like, mm. but like it was raining, like I knew it was going to be bumpy. So it was like really hard for me. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't have the tools to combat what was going on because I was just fighting it by myself and mm-hmm. I wasn't letting my wife know fully what was going on. You know, I didn't, I was trying to be tough. I was you didn't like, want to like, it like admit that that was a problem because it's yeah, been so normal for so long. I've done it so much, and like, what are you? If you just like that shouldn't be an issue. Don't talk about it. it shouldn't be. You should be fine. Yeah. And and everybody I mean, to, else seemed like they were fine. So like, yeah. Well, and to be fair, like until you really tip over and hit a wall, like it's hard to really know how far it's gone. Mm-hmm. Like you don't actually yep. see that until you've really actually gone that far. Mm-hmm. And so, um. I kind of had to, and which I don't, you don't want that for anybody. Mm. Um, but I made it home and then that was like, okay, I need like help. I need to like go to counseling or something. Cause this is crazy. Like I am a freelance cinematographer. I'm going to get phone calls and I'm going to be on a plane again and I can't do that again. And, um, it's like a little blurry from there, but I, I met with a counselor at Berkeley and, I, like I wish it was like immediately like solving everything, but it it was very 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 helpful. Mm-hmm. And like, um, my counselor just he gave me a lot of tips. He's basically a lot of the things I learned is like you can control your thoughts. I know the Bible talks about it, and it's frustrating because you're like you know Romans twelve like be transformed by the renewing of your mind, test and approve. Um. But like you can control your thoughts. And so he, he taught me like meditation stuff. So I do like breathing exercises with the 23rd Psalm. And um he he brought up a lot of things like, you know, um, we started doing exposure therapy stuff. He's like, you need to like go to the airport and watch planes take off. Go sit in the airport. Um like He's like, if you don't need to travel, like you don't have to face this, but it, you, it sounds like you need to. So like, go face it. Basically, like mm-hmm. that's the only Let's way. Figure it out. The only way out is like in basically. Yeah, yeah. Like and, um, I mean, it was cool. Like I had had, I've had some conversations with my dad that I never had, you know, or had had little conversations of, but like he was he had like a big fear of public speaking, and mm. that was a big thing for him. And, um, looking back at my childhood. I'm just like, I had like kind of the same thing happen with like sailing on like a catamaran, like freaked out, but I never had to face it. You know, I kind of 
it was like you know and then um that was kind of like a one-off deep, deep water like i still kind of don't like that you know but i've, I've never had to really like I don't have to really face that. You're not a scuba yeah. diver. Yeah, yeah, not a scuba. So, yeah. but like the airplane stuff, I have to because if, and even with Noble, like I yeah. have to, like I, mm-hmm. you, there's no way. It's a part of work. It's it's a part of work, and, and that's the world we live in now. Like you have to go places, mm-hmm. even if you live, even if I lived in LA, I would still need to get right. on a plane and go somewhere. That's just locations for locations, yeah. and you you never you're never filming like in your your backyard, right? So, mm-hmm. um. That was a, you know, I learned a lot of things. Like when you feel trapped, that's, that's when anxiety can arise. Um, but one of the big, so like you can control your thoughts and like thoughts, like it's a circular thing. Like that was a big thing. Um, you know, like what, what Satan's biggest thing he uses is lies. Like he, he loves lying and like he's, the, he's good at it. <laughs> he's really good at it. And I've been, you know, telling myself a lot of lies about a lot of things for years. And then that just, that took over. And I, and I think I was mad at God because I'd be like reading, you know, on subsequent flights I'd been on, I'd be like reading the Bible on the plane and still be hit, like basically having a panic attack. And I'm like, God, why aren't you helping me? I'm like, praying to you. I'm like literally reading your word. But it was like, I was asking for a miracle because I I was like listening to so many lies before getting on the plane that like to combat that would literally be a miracle because now you're competing with everything. Mm-hmm. And that's good. So I like it takes there is work to get past anxiety. Like like just praying for a magic pill isn't the right That's what I was gonna say, is it it's like uh it takes it takes work ahead of time and actually like putting in the effort. Like you were yeah. saying, like don't like, not that God can't do it, but it's often, and we've talked about this before, but it's kind of mm-hmm. like that idea where God can fix something in an instant, but he often wants to teach us, you know, his ways through patience and like through grace. Mm-hmm. So to be able to be filling your time on the front end, like, and this is kind of, you know, with that, it's like, as believers, I think we can very easily fall into a mindset and a rhythm of only playing defense yeah, and just being like, I'm just gonna, you know, go to this when I I get attacked, I get attacked by the enemy or whatever. Instead of mm. filling my mind with scripture and filling my mind with the good word, you know, Jesus came to bring like a sword of yeah. truth, like, mm-hmm. and that is the only offensive weapon that's listed. I think it's like in Ephesians where it talks about the armor of God. Everything else is. Uh, you know the Defense. breastplate and the helmet and stuff like that's your armor the only offensive thing is is the word and like you were saying like it 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 almost feels counterintuitive to be like i'm reading god's word but it's like instilling that like in our hearts and like it's got to be deeper than just this like band-aid in the moment exactly <laughs> it's, well it's almost like yeah. god's a vending machine it's like oh yeah. i need anxiety relief like e4 uh, scripture yeah. <laughs> yeah you know Please, so right now yeah. yeah instead of like i punched uh, in the yeah the cheat code instead of and that <laughs> yeah. was kind of like the yeah, was up, like, up down down left right <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. it's on, kind man. of like it's kind of like cool. the sermon series that we were at with berkeley like and that's so true and Craig Rochelle wrote a book, Winning the War in Your Mind, and he talks about all of that stuff too, where it's like, you have to be listening to what God says about you. You know, if you really want to see your thought patterns change, like first mm-hmm. recognizing what your thought patterns are 
and then working very hard and taking stock and analyzing and then shifting your thought patterns, taking our thoughts captive. That is taking control. Yeah, exactly. So, and then, Mm. which is awesome because you've had, you've been on that journey and it's so cool that, because that speaks to that idea where it's like, I prayed for this and God didn't do it. And it's Mm -hmm. like, well, you prayed for it one time. Like, yeah, God wants and to only bring like you. right when it was <laughs> exactly, exactly. Instead yeah. of like, no, this is a journey, and and that like, I feel like the vice of anxiety and flying kind of came at like a a moment of that experience, um, and so that's a little bit different in that. But I think a lot of times, just to speak to people listening, like a lot of our vices. They're more subtle than that. They're subtle and they they happen over a long period of time. So don't necessarily expect them to just be instantly fixed. Like yeah. if they're if a vice has gotten there over a long period of time and has been habitual, especially, don't expect it to just go away. Like it also takes time to undo all of that because yeah. you're you're stuck in the same ruts and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. But I think super good. I think what I was um like part of why I bring up some of the other uh other things like the the sailing thing or the deep water thing um it's it's like that event happened in the little plane but i've had this mind like i've been telling like i i always go to like the worst scenario and i have um i think i read in a book once that um like misuse of your imagination is like sinning basically mm-hmm. and uh-huh. and I have a really good imagination and like I'm in the creative space and I just like, I imagine the worst and I I imagine like I could see the plane crashing or some people can't like see that. Like, I don't even know how visual guy, I don't even know how you can't see it, but like I can like visually see it happening. Yeah. And so like, I see the worst and I envision and I've had that pattern and it, and it was like, it, so like that moment brought it out, but like looking back, I'm like, oh man, like my I have had like this stream of mm. thought mm. that isn't where it needs to be. I have these ruts that are yeah. there for whatever reason. Yeah, and I've like burned them in. And I will say for anybody listening to the podcast that is a business owner, is independent, or kind of pushing, like that's a I don't know the stats. It's at least fifty percent more likely to have anxiety or depression or something like it's like way higher like Mm -hmm. and that's not like a joke statistic it's like real Mm -hmm. and i've experienced that because i think if i would have stayed at my other job and i mean if it would have been a good environment all these things like that could cause anxiety but i maybe never would have gotten to this point sure maybe i I don't know you know i don't know maybe i would have but i think there is a that sense of when you are because now if I don't get on a plane, it's my company. And, and that was another thing my, um, counselor talked about anxiety is if you feel trapped, like if you have to do that, forced into, if you're, if you have no choice. And so I had, I had like a flight to Colorado, you know, I'd been on a handful, you know, a couple of flights, but I was like really having trouble still early on. Like I, like, like I couldn't eat before, like sick to my stomach, like for like a week, like, you know, all the other problems with that bathroom <laughs> issues. I mean, like yeah. every, like my whole body was shutting down mm-hmm. a week, bef- week or so before flight would happen. Like it was, so then like, I'm not a good husband. I'm not a good dad. I'm, it's mm-hmm. like affecting everything. 
but I feel like if I don't go, then I'm not going to get that thousand dollar check or whatever for this film gig I have to do. So now I'm not providing for my family. But right. you see where like the thought yeah. pattern yep. just like it all trickles back completely yeah. sinks you. Yep. And my counselor was like, "Do you have to take this? Like, do you actually have to go to Colorado or wherever? Like, do you like what happens if you don't? Mm-hmm. What's the alternative?" And I was like, "I don't make." You know, I was like fourteen hundred bucks or whatever. I don't make this. I don't get paid. He's like, okay. Um, will you never work for that person ever again? Uh, I don't. I don't know. You know. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, it's, honestly, this is the first time I've ever worked with them. I don't know. You know. I don't. Even, he's like, okay, so that's a maybe. You know, you don't know. Um, you know, will will you get kicked out of your house if you don't go do this thing? No, like I got mm. enough money in the bank that I'm not getting kicked out of my house. Like I'm not going to miss payments on anything. Like, no, 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 no. You know, yep. like, and then he's like, did you choose to do this? Did you say yes to doing this? Or did someone make you say yes? And I'm like, no, like I chose to do it. And, and I think like my personality has this responsibility. Like if I say yes, I have to, but yeah. he was kind of freeing me from that and saying, if you let go, if you can let go of that, then and, and just realize like I, I no, I'm choosing to do this. I want to do this. Then it's like a different mindset. So right. that that's helpful. Yeah. Gets you out of the I have to. It's I have cornered. to. Now I'm cornered. Now I'm a trapped, you know, mm-hmm. trapped animal. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. like I'm gonna attack and absolutely. So that's good. But then this was another big thing that I learned is anxiety is in the future and in the past, and it rarely, rarely, rarely comes from the present. Mm. And so I just became intensely focused on being present wherever I was and just like fighting for that, like fighting my mind constant, like constantly, like I'd wake up fighting for the present, Mm -hmm. like, cause I just love thinking about the future and imagining things. Like you're just like constantly, but so that's been a big, that's one key. That's been probably one of the bigger ones that I've been like focusing on. It's just like, just enjoy where you're at and what you're doing Mm. and like what, who you're talking to and Mm. just stop imagining all the, all the possible outcomes of something. It's just like too much. And then, and then like for me, like I, I imagine like, you know, the next plane ride and then it's going to be bumpy. And so it's like, stop, like that's the future. Like you don't even know, Mm. like, like you might get sick the day before and have COVID or who knows what, you might right. not even go. Like, right. like that's true. Like I had one trip where I didn't know I was getting on the plane until like six thirty in the morning because I had to get a COVID test result back or something yep. from somebody. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know if I was going. So yeah. it's like you don't even know why freak yourself. And out. like, what's the scripture verse for that? It's like, like there's a bunch of them. I'm like well, blanking. I'm thinking of like when Jesus says tomorrow has this. Don't enough. worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about tomorrow. And enough like your life for is itself. A, a mist. Like it's a vapor. Yeah. Like, like today has enough trouble of its own. Yeah. Like you don't even know, like you, you're making plans to go like work in this city or that. Like you don't even know. Oh like, yeah. There's multiple things. Yes. And if you like know that it's, it's like, okay, I, I, it's not like bad to like try to do good and try to, like, I can't worry about Noble's future. I can't worry about all these things because then you're just going to miss everything that's happening. Well, for well the future is like the Lord's business. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, you, like, we're workers. You know what I mean? Like, God is the one who's 
who's um you know like we make our plans but he directs our steps and 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 our and like that's, that's Proverbs ex- 16 I read that this morning. Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like that's that's exactly it. Like we have no it's above our pay grade to worry about the future, right? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. and that's really where we put we take God's burden. It's good. We put it on ourselves and mm-hmm. that's where it's going to crush us if we let it. Mm-hmm. But yeah. that I had this uh flight probably half a year ago that was kind of a good nail in the coffin for me. So I guess like to show victory, to like explain victory. So it's been like three years. Uh, yeah, about three years or so since this. And I've never not gotten on a plane, which is really cool. Mm. Yeah. Um, it's huge. And it's not because it's always been a sunny day with no wind. It's It's been, um, you know, kind of the one... It's been like it's been like at least forty, fifty planes since that that I've been on. Like if you count all the legs. Yeah, yeah. And like, you know, it went from like like I would take like a Benadryl, Dramamine, you know, like trying to calm myself down, not being able to eat breakfast. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, just like not being able to drink coffee. You get sweaty palms. Yeah, like sweaty palms, like like you name it, you know, fit my stomach, taking, you know, Imodium, like all, like everything. Like there was like a, there was like a drug regimen basically. Slow. And like, it was like frustrating. And, um, I'm, you know, like praise God, I didn't have to do antidepressants or anti-anxiety meds, you know, and I, I haven't, I know some people do and that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was able to, you know, just like, all the mind stuff and all the exposure and just like, I would go sit in the airports. I would go, I made a fun thing. I'd take my kids. I go watch airplanes take off. There's a really cool airplane park. Actually. It's kind of neat. I go there sometimes. It's fun. It's It's like kind of fun actually. So I'd take my kids, we'd buy Wendy's and we'd sit over there and watch planes take off and just do that over and over and over and over. I still go probably once or twice before a flight, even though I'm like doing way, way better. I still like just, I'm like, I got to keep winning this mm-hmm. and not letting it. I can't go back playing offense mm-hmm. and yeah. I'm just going to keep playing offense. And it's great. Um, I, I started telling people like my small group and I like my business partner knows about it. And like, um, like my parents, like you just like let people in. And then Bring I started hearing stories. I was just going to say now a bunch of people who listen to the podcast. I'm just yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure that, and there's been people like yeah. in my men's group that are like, yeah, like I, I, me too. I was having a rough time like on it and I'm like, well, good thing you, like you got on it. Like that's really good. Yeah. Um, but like a kind of a nail in the coffin flight for me. And then like, I, I still get like sweaty palms on planes if they start bouncing around. But like, I'm like way better than I was. It's also um, like semi-normal. I feel like yeah, everyone's yeah. kind of. I'm like everyone sure. like has to come to Jesus flights. <laughs> yeah. you know? It's like not a. That's not abnormal. Or just you let your mind start thinking about I am how high in the yeah, in like, the air? like it's like <laughs> everyone's sleeping and then like it's kind of one of those moments where like everyone starts kind of taking off their headphones and looking around and like, like you, can feel, it. you can yeah. feel the yeah, you uh, feel energy. Well, there was a flight where it's a good thing you feel something still. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's normal. That's normal, like human, whatever. <laughs> but there was like a flight that it was like Dallas or something, um, and it, like took off and we we like level out and then he never like goes any higher and it's like well that's weird, and then 
Um, he comes over the radio after a little while. And he's like, um, we're having, you know, something with the right engine or whatever. Isn't something, something. I was like, oh, boy. <laughs> Here we <laughs> like go. Engine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not good. Yeah. Um, you and, start imagining pictures of and then, it smoking and yeah, just it just like blows instant, up, falls off the plane. It was like instant, like, I was like back on the like trick plane, you know, like yeah. Donnie Darko is just going to yeah. happen. And- yeah. And it's just like, oh, but like I started doing like breathing exercises, mm. you know, like looking up like and because I'd done the work, like I was able to get my mind back down. And then mm. we started doing like laps in the plane and they just kept doing like circles and the guy like wasn't communicating at all. He's like kind of a bad pilot in that regard. It's like, can you just tell people a little more, you know? <laughs> Um, but it keeps starting. I think they finally said like, we're, we're going to land back in Dallas, you know? And I had like this moment on the plane where I was like looking out the window, staring at the ground and I'm just like, God, if this actually like crashed, I'm okay with it. And Mm. I like actually got to that point, Mm. which is kind of weird and sounds like maybe a little dramatic or something, but like I had to like go there. For sure. I remember looking over and there was like an older couple like holding hands and mm. they were obviously like nervous, you know, and we like, we land, we get, and I, and another, you know, I started listening to a bunch of music. Like that was something, there's like a bunch of little things I started doing. Like, For sure. Like, um, not to mention, I got like so many tangents with this. There's it's like so good. many layers. But good. like I started listening to like I was able to like on the plane like put music on like think clearly enough yeah. to put positive music on after that moment mm-hmm. and just like you know get beyond that moment and realize like you were in fine. control. It was like I was in control finally. It's like training yeah. and practicing actually works and yeah, like prepares it does work. you for something. Yeah. And we landed and then we had to go get on another plane and um, I was like sitting there doing like work emails, waiting for the next plane. I'm like, I would have freaked mm-hmm. if that would have happened before. Yeah, yeah. I would have lost my mind. Like, there's no way I would have gotten on that plane. Wow. But like, I did, and I was actually just like doing emails, and I was fine. And I noticed we got on the plane. There was like the old couple wasn't there anymore. Like, there was other people that that took them out at the knees. Like, they weren't there. Mm. They like didn't get on it. And it ended up being like a rather bumpy flight. There was like a whole line of like thunderclouds, like the whole way. And we like, it was, but I was like, good. And I actually have like comforted multiple people on planes now. Wow. Um, Do you feel like your relationship with God has been deepened through this? Yeah, that's definitely like, I definitely like rely on him more because of it. Um, and like mm. go to him more because of it. Mm. Um, well, and that's so cool. I mean, that's just, God using your story to minister to others. Like Mm -hmm. God's in the business of redemption. And you know, that's, that's the power of like a testimony essentially. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's super cool. Yeah. Praise God, man. Yeah. It's great. It's good. Like, um, I wish it was just like completely gone, but, um, one day I've learned a lot and yeah. You're you're human enough to know you still need to rely on God for (laughs) something you struggle with. I mean, yeah, it's different things for everybody, right? Yeah. So, and we were talking about that actually at Berkeley yesterday of how it's like that is also again like another lie that the enemy speaks is like, oh, I 
kind of got this figured out and then you kind of stop relying on God and mm-hmm. then you are right back to square one again. And mm-hmm. it's like, and then it's like worse than, yeah. Yeah. And, you... and I think that I kind of think about the uh, passage in scripture where it's like the demons leave and then they come back and find the house like well kept. I might be implying or I can't remember exactly what that scripture is, but that's kind of what I think about. But it's like the offense might just look different. I think there's different levels of that where it's like it doesn't need to be as intensive, but the heart posture is still there. One of my favorite passages in scripture is Deuteronomy 8, where it's God talking about bringing the Israelites out of slavery from Egypt. And he's like, do not forget the Lord, your God that brought you. And as well as like, it is God who gives you the ability to, to produce wealth. Like, and, and then the last part of that chapter is like, woe to you. Like if you forget your God Mm -hmm. and like bow down to other idols, like Mm -hmm. I am the one true God that like did this for you. Like, Mm -hmm. don't forget me um, that I brought you here. When you're when you settle down and build fine houses and have gold and silver and like all this stuff, it's like don't forget. Yeah, don't forget. And yeah. then he's still there every time they do those things, anyways, which is so. <laughs> which is, yes. crazy. We're gonna go down that yeah, rabbit yeah. hole, but yeah, mm. man, I'm out of coffee. I have been, and we went a little long today, but I'm, it's, it's so, so good. It. We'll have to have you on for <laughs> I a just part finished. Two. Hey, hey, so we didn't cheat. We didn't cheat. <laughs> Let's go. No, thank you so much for yeah. for telling a little bit of your story. I know yeah. we could talk all day, honestly. Okay. Um, it was really encouraging. And I, like, I've known you just through other people and it's just so cool to talk more and get to know a little bit more of mm-hmm. like who Adam Gregory is Yeah, behind everything that I've seen and known. So thanks mm-hmm. for having me on guys. No, this dude, is awesome. Absolutely. Thanks again to Josh at local legend for letting us record here. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you again to Steven and Quickwater coffee yes. for sponsoring. We'll have to go get a new bag. Cause yep. we, we knocked out the Zambia. Tune in next episode to figure out what we're drinking yes. for the month of February. Um, and go check out Adam's stuff. Go check out Definitely. Noble Story Co. Um, yeah, they're doing some really awesome stuff, some great work, wanting cool. to make things that are beautiful you, and good. You can invest in their company on WeTransfer, right? Is that still open or is that closed? That's closed. You but, cannot invest but in if you If you want to write a bigger check just call me should we should we link your cash app and your venmo (laughs) get random cash apps zell adam gregory uh, they'll need a k1 for that too so um no but yeah we'll link your stuff and guys just stay in tune with what they're doing they're producing some really cool stuff and Mm. um i'm sure you'll be seeing their movies shortly so awesome absolutely all right take care